to The Apple of Truth, a weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while exploring plot holes and admiring the guyliner, all with love for the show and its creators. I'm Lena. And I'm Vero. And today we're covering Lucifer, Season 2, Episode 17, Sympathy for the Goddess. I love when they actually take some saying or something and they just swap it around or alter it a little bit. So you, of course, know what this is a play on. Yeah, Sympathy for the Devil. By? I don't know that. The Rolling Stones! Oh, there we go. See, this is the thing that I grew up listening to stuff and I never knew who it is. You're a music girl in this duo of podcasting. Yeah, I know the music. Doesn't mean that I know who wrote it. It's your job, girl! Speaking of job... (laughs) Smooth. 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 It's very smooth. So... In this wonderful episode, Mom plays at being a cop and comes out as Lucy and Amenadiel's stepmom. Chloe gets a surprisingly good performance undercover done. Linda loses her psychology license. Mace confronts Lucifer, who actually seems to realize he did wrong. And Ames learns that he is the favorite son after all. So many things to unpack in this episode. I can't wait to get into it. It's stuffed completely full. I yeah. was surprised how much actually is happening and going yeah. on in here. Mm. And when I was writing down the summary, I was like, and this happens, and this happens, and oh, by the way, this also happens. Like, wow. Regarding Obsession of the Week, though, since this episode is not very Lucifer-focused to me, it was difficult to pinpoint an obsession per se for him. So I decided to go simply with family. I went with the mission. Everyone has a mission in this episode. Yeah, yeah, the but the mission their... is pretty much family for all of them, though. Not really for Chloe or Maze or Linda. For Maze, definitely, yes. Linda doesn't really have obsession. I went with the mission because I ah. felt like pretty much every character had a mission they were focusing on. You're entitled to your wrong opinion. Now you remember my wonderful saying. It's great, right? I knew the saying before you said it. Likely tale. <laughs> We, of course, have with this penultimate episode in the season, no other writer than Joe Henderson himself. Yay! Once again, Lucifer is the one who's dropping the title, which leaves us with 16 out of 17 with just one episode left. So let's see if he can make it a near perfect record with next week's episode. Let's get into the previously on Lucifer with Lucifer breaks God Johnson out of a mental hospital with the help of Linda. He plans to use a flaming sword to cut through the gates of heaven, but he didn't tell Maze yet. Ames spilled the beans, though. Mum has been secretive. There is a light coming out of her vessel. Lucy is the only one who can light up the sword and the sword has some pieces missing. So we start the episode with Lucifer stalking his own mother. And he is not so subtle about it, but it is quite hilarious. When is ever Lucifer subtle about anything, in fairness? It just reminded me when Amenadiel and Mace are stalking mom in the beginning. Mom is so oblivious to all of stalking. So she, She's very stalkable. Easily stalkable, yeah. Yes, that should definitely be one of her qualities on Tinder. Easily stalkable. (laughs) Well, good to know if we ever create fake Tinder profiles for all the characters, we now have at least one attribute for mom. (laughs) Well, we actually get a song in this scene for the first time in a while. Actually, we start with a song, I think. Maybe just in my head. It feels like a while, yeah. It's called Modern Man by Ivan and Alyosha, which this episode has some really good songs. This is a cool song. I only recognized one song down the line because my Amazon at the moment refuses to tell me the music. So you're going to have to do all the educating. As always. But did you catch when Lucifer counts down enemies. He also mentions one million moms. No. Amenadiel goes like, you have to be careful. And then he counts several things down. And one one of the things is one million moms. And one million moms is a real fundamentalist Christian project that is dedicated to stopping the exploitation of children by the media. And members of one million moms started a petition urging Fox to cancel Lucifer. Oh, I heard I remember that actually. <laughs> I've seen it somewhere. I didn't pay enough any attention to it really because, you know, it's just bullshit. But So oh yeah, the God. show 
referenced it in itself that there is a real group that tried to get the show cancelled. I love when they do things like that. Mm-hmm. It's like the Trump reference. Yeah. So that was just perfection for me. Yeah, just works. But I wonder why is Lucifer even letting mom looking for the artifact or for the piece on her own? Because I'm sure he has an extensive list of contacts that he could use and he's not using them. Because this is mom's project. Has been from the start. Yeah, but Lucifer is following her. Yeah, following her, not leading her. This is her project. Of course, she's the one trying to find the pieces. Okay, that makes sense then. What did not make sense to me is how can mom still be that naive? She has been around on Earth for a while now and her just handing over cash to a human of which she thinks very, very lowly of humans and her to just hand over the cash and trust that the dude is gonna give her what she wants felt very out of character to me. I see where you're coming from, but I think that this has more to do with the fact that she doesn't realize the value of money. I was kind of trying to figure this bit out as well, and I think that this whole situation comes down to the fact that she does not consider that amount of cash to be that significant for him to betray her. Yeah, but in general, that she expects any human to be true to his word is surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, it's not anything big to her like it's just you know he's just going over there and and grabbing the thing for me because I paid him for it like I said it makes no (laughs) sense to me that mom is still this naive because she has been confronted with enough of the dark side of humanity to be aware that cool. that is a thing. So cool, cool. And later in the episode, she is being shown as being smooth and smart and aware and sneaky and everything. So it does not match her naivete in the beginning of okay. this episode. I don't 100% agree because I think there is a different reason for this. Uh, but yeah, I see where you're coming from. And of course, we get our homicides of the episode in scene one. Yay! Yay! Dead body! I find it hilarious that Amenadiel is the only person who is like the voice of reason. That Lucifer and Mum are behaving exactly the same. They are way too similar, yeah. That is just like in this frenzy trying to figure out how to make their plan work, no matter what. And Ames is just standing there looking at them like, what the actual fuck is happening right now? Why would she do this? Why don't she just do it like normal human being? Yeah, because they are not normal human beings. Lucifer and mom are extremely similar. So it, it feels nice to see Amenadiel being the reasonable, decent one in between the two of them. Yeah, for a change. Amenadiel really is over exceeding my expectations in this episode. It's a really good Amenadiel episode. We move over to Linda's office. I was shooketh that there are actual real consequences to somebody's actions. Exactly my note. I did not expect that Lucifer's shenanigans are causing actual problems for those around him once again. And I'm pleasantly surprised. When's the last time that anything had any consequences on any show on television? So that is really, really nice. Also, I love that Mace stands in the doorway, sees there is a strange dude being more or less like intimidating or threatening towards Linda and instantly come out the knives. Where does she keep him? You don't want to know. I'm pretty sure you don't want to know. Okay, because that is my only question about this situation. She can't keep them in any pocket because the knives would slice through the pocket. So Also, she doesn't have a pocket. One of the options would be that she wears like a harness underneath her clothing, but then you would see that. So I don't think we want to know. But I also really appreciate that when Linda tells her to not harm the guy, Mace stands down, but she does not move a single inch out of the way. The way the guy is just trying to slide around her is ridiculously funny. It's wonderful. I'm very worried for Linda throughout this episode, even though I appreciate that the shenanigans from last episode do have consequences. It's not nice that there are consequences for my girl Linda, but I am fully on team Mace. She says she's gonna sort this out. I also find really interesting the way Mace is just being very passive aggressive about this entire situation towards Lucifer. And like literally the first person that she goes to is Linda. And it just makes sense. Deepens her their relationship even more. And it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be interesting how she deals with it the rest of the episode. So we can move on to the precinct where we get uh, the scene of the scenes 
with yes. a song called Please Yourself by Ron Gallo. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah. I find it shocking that no one found the body yet. And I remember when I was watching this the first time, it felt really weird that just the time felt really long. Maybe they left Ames behind to guard the door so nobody would walk in. That was an option that I thought of, but it just feels... I feel like they just left him behind, period. In the episode when he guards Chloe in the hospital, he has proven that if you put him in a door, he's gonna guard it come what may. But what if there are people who are trying to get inside and then he is implicated in a murder? It's just a manatee and nobody cares. (laughs) Fair enough. Not even his family. Jesus, that's horrible. But then we have mom showing up and we have the best slash the worst game of charades that has been ever played. Fingers pointing angrily. So good. Just so, so good. I love how mom and Lucifer are doing such a piss poor job at trying to con Chloe into finding that body. And it actually works. That's the weirdest fucking shit. It's so great at the very end of it when Chloe goes like, why didn't you lead with that? And I'm like, yeah, that's a really good question. Because it's mother and she doesn't know shooting from pointing fingers angrily. (laughs) Fingers pointing angrily is such a great description. I mean, it's not wrong. It just shows that she's very literal. Yes, she is extremely literal. And that also continues into the next scene when we go back to the crime scene, which is going to be the first time there for Chloe. And I absolutely love that mom is refusing to not be part of this anymore. And Lucifer is horrified. Yeah. Sticking around. And I'm... So therefore it. Get the title card at 7 minutes, 17 seconds. After the title card, we get Ella on the crime scene for about half a second. Yay. I was very sad because she's only so, so little in this scene. But later on, she gets one of the best Ella moments so far. And I adore it. So I'm, I'm good with that. What I like the most about this scene is the explicit confirmation because I don't think we knew it for sure before this scene. It's the explicit confirmation that mom or Charlotte is a lawyer for the worst of humankind. I'm pretty sure that we've talked about that before. Maybe not we did, but the show talked about that before. I feel like it was hinted at that she is like this big shot lawyer and she has some seedy clients, but basically Chloe pointing out that her clients are the worst. And I feel it's perfect because mom mom cares so little for human life or humanity in general. So her defending the worst of humanity that actually does the most harm to humanity is a perfect match since she doesn't care about humanity. Makes perfect sense, yeah. I love that very, very much. And then, of course, Ella is the only one not being distracted and doing actual good work. Typical. Finding the fucking phone beneath the cabinet gives us our first lead with but. I love that everybody reacts to the logo in their own way, where... It's a fucking Rorschach test. Mom calls it human female breasts, and Lucifer calls it woman's perfectly freckled rump, and Chloe calls it butt boob eyes, which is each of those statements are absolutely accurate to the personality that says them. I think Ella is the one that just calls it eyes. Ella might have called it eyes. Which is why Chloe combines Ella, mom, and Lucifer. Yeah, and the way that she says it's just very Chloe as well so I just love that kind of exposition of our characters all over again just showing (laughs) off who they are It's very accurate, yeah. And with that, we can move on to the precinct, right? And apparently we start with a song. Yes, uh, we have a song by Spoon called Shotgun. Because why not, right? And mom is hitting on Dan and putting her (sighs) foot on his chair and hiking up. Do you hate it? It's so gross. Why do you hate it? Why do you find it gross? Because I don't like mom and Dan as a thing. (gasps) Oh. Okay. Okay. I find them very adorable together because I feel like you like them together. I don't. So yes. 
Well, anyway, in the middle of their conversation, we hear some terrible, terrible, terrible music. Horrifying. And we get into Ella's lab where, look at that, it's a logo. Surprise. The... Who could have seen that coming? Boob but I is a logo. And... Oh, it's a record label. And Lucifer hates it, and Chloe also hates it, and everybody hates it. But by the way, it's hilarious. Remember episode one, season one? Lucifer shitting about hip-hop in general. So even if this hip-hop weren't as bad, he probably still wouldn't like it. (laughs) Possibly, yeah. So in principle, bad genre and even bad in and of itself. Yes. So I I like the the callback that he still doesn't like hip-hop. Yeah. And Chet is turning out to be a typical mafia reject. He's so horrible. It's it's this typical tropey character where you have a big family of mafiosos, whatever, and there's always this one black sheep of the family that is excluded. Yeah. He's excluded from the family business and whatever and rightfully so, because he's simply an utter idiot. So this is shaping up to be pretty much open and shut case. But I like that they still give us some upgrades on the case and some little details. The fact that Bianca is this big mafioso and they actually get the opportunity With a to do something about enterprise. it. I love that Bianca has a tequila enterprise and uses that as a front for moving weapons, drugs and oh yeah, people. I love the way Chloe talks about Bianca because you can tell how personally and morally offended Chloe is by someone like Bianca being beyond her reach even though she's such a lawfully and morally bad person yes which in my opinion is one of the only reasons that chloe is even willing to let charlotte get involved in this because she sees an opportunity to get one of the bad players off the playing field and that is one of the most important things to chloe yeah so props to mom she's playing them really really well here yes We do get this little moment. It's a look between Lucifer and mom where Mm. he complains about Chet being complete failure. And he says he dropped his phone just to prove how right his mother actually is about him. And as he says that, mom stares him down. He stares back at her like he realized something. And I'm not 100% sure what that look was about. If you do, please enlighten me. Does it mean that mom knows exactly who Lucifer is? Or like, why would they put so much importance in that one look? I feel it's simply the strife between a mother and her son. Okay. When you don't grow up to certain expectations. We had the tension between mom and Lucifer, Lucifer being into humanity and into Earth and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I'm fine with that. I, just, I was just wondering if there's anything I missed. I feel and like mom could realize in this moment that maybe Lucifer isn't as motivated to come back to heaven and stay there. But I feel like that would be reaching. I mean, he is motivated to come to heaven. But not to stay there. Yeah. Which is like... But the end of this scene is one of the best Ella moments so far. And it's just, Amy Garcia kills this. Yeah, there's this whole quick debate about who's gonna go to the event. And we end up with, somehow we end up with Mum and Chloe going, which, okay. Perfect match, yes. And then they leave and we have this moment you're talking about. And yes, I just... What about Ella? Maybe Ella should go to the... Yeah, thank you for thinking of me, but no, I'm way too busy. I love Ella so much. She's such a beautiful character. Poor, poor Ella. And she's utterly ignored. But like I said, Amy Garcia kills this moment. And it's just beautiful. And it makes up for her not getting more time in this episode. Mm Mm-hmm. So we move on to therapy with knives, as I call it. Knives chow. When Lucifer goes to his usual session, Mm -hmm. but it is not Dr. Linda sitting in the chair. It is Maze. And the reason for that is because Linda is suspended. And I was surprised how serious Lucifer is taking Maze in this moment, given how flippant he was with Amenadiel earlier. I did not expect expect him to follow as quickly and willingly with Mace. I think this has nothing to do with Mace, really. I think that this has to do 
with the fact that he realizes that he is the reason why Linda is suspended and it is his own doing. You think that he really realizes that because later on when we go see what Maze's plan is, he is extremely oblivious to what problematic parts he is involved with. He doesn't realize about those things, but I think that pretty much in this scene he understands that the whole shenanigans in the psych ward is the reason of this. And he is the one who asked Linda to help him out there. So I think that he does realize that this particular instance is the reason why this is happening to Linda. This means that it is his fault. I don't think that he sees anything else as a problem at all. At least not now. I didn't read him as realizing anything, which is why I found it so surprising that he was so compliant. And also at this point, I'm still very curious what Maze's plan is. Yeah. So we move back to the precinct and poor, poor, poor Amanadiel is being left out once again. Dan decides to team up with Amanadiel. And I have to say, I like it. Yeah. This made me sad for Ames. Because Very much. if you look at it, he's not wrong. Lucifer has his whole life in Los Angeles. Mom has her mission. She has her job that she clearly enjoys a lot. She has all the sex that she can get, yeah. apparently. And, 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 and he has Neil... steaks that he looks at but apparently doesn't eat. <laughs> He doesn't have anything. He no longer has Lucifer on the level that he would like to. He's not the favorite to his mom, which is what he was kind of after. He doesn't have Mace anymore to talk yeah. to either. He has no one and he has no purpose. Yeah, and it's just really, really sad. So I love that Dan is being a good human and enjoys and offers... Companionship. And offers companionship, yes. Hmm. At time of need. So they're going to go kill some time together. Dan is a good human. Yes. But that's all I have for this one. And we move on to the tequila party part oh, one. Jesus. So we get a song called Bad Girls. I think this is one of my favorite songs from this episode. It's by MKTO and plays at the party where S mom is looking for Chloe, calling her a tired looking blonde, probably dressed in something she just plucked off the floor. And we get that little camera angle and then the song is blasting out and holy shit chloe looks amazing chloe does not look like chloe just she looks more like lauren that i can't comment on because i don't know enough normal pictures of lauren german but she does not look like chloe and mom did not see that one coming yeah chloe did rise to the challenge she looks amazing and i love when they have their conversation like why the change of heart and then mom goes same heart, totally different soul. Which, you knew I was going to bring this up, proves that mom has a soul. I find seducing Junior or Chet or whatever the fuck his name is, is actually a very good plan. It's very mom-like, but I think that it actually does make sense. And yes, of course, Chloe is against it because it's fucking Chloe, obviously. But, I mean, she could pull it off. No, because usually she sucks it undercover. Not always. Usually. She was very good at that Clay's situation. Mace was very good at the Clay's situation. They were both great. Nah, not Chloe important. Chloe was awkward as hell. Which is why I was so surprised how amazing Chloe later on is at the tequila party. Okay. Um... <laughs> I would find it hilarious to watch. Watching Chloe trying to seduce Chet, who's probably like 16 years old or something like that. God, it would be so horrible. I was very happy that they did not go with that. I would laugh so hard. It makes sense, but I would laugh. Re I love that during this highly inappropriate conversation, mom inadvertently manages to create an epiphany moment in Chloe who then knows exactly what they're gonna do. And for me, it was very obvious that in one way or another, they're gonna use the mom, but nothing yes. more. And then we, we did... move on to another scene. And so I was like, hmm, curious. Yes. I loved the projection on the case by mom at this stage. It's a very family trait, it seems. Mm -hmm. The whole, not all kids appreciate what their parents do for them, is the only thing you need to hear for this entire episode to unravel. Yeah, definitely. 
But then we move on to fixing Linda's problem. Oh, okay. Explains my scene name, which is just, oh, no, 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 no. And I must say, I was genuinely surprised that Maze's plan was to try and talk and solve the problem that way. I know, it's very unmaze like I was not surprised that Lucifer was making the situation worse with every single time he opened his mouth. I was actually surprised that Maze did not. You know, that Maze was the reasonable one. At the moment when she was apparently, that this was her plan, I assumed that she would be prepared mm. like to, to have a few words. Because if she's going into a battle with words, she's gonna bring some words. Yeah. I'm surprised that she did not see the risk of bringing Lucifer. Yeah, she should have seen that coming. And I think that the reason why she brought him is that she is so pissed at him Mm. that she just wanted to include him in her crusade. And that that he would see it firsthand with his own eyes, what he messed up, basically. Also, there is yet another burst at Lucifer in the middle of that scene where I was very much like, yeah, girl, you don't really know how to hide your emotions. And at this stage, it was like, Lucifer really should be getting this hint already. Yeah. yeah, To me, at this stage, it was just very, very obvious and into his face what is happening, what is truly happening. And he is not as oblivious anymore to emotions usually yeah exactly and so so lucifer is, is being his typical self and maze is being surprisingly reasonable we end up this scene with maze dragging lucifer outside of the office and because of this whole situation a possibility that linda has probably lost her license right now so they made it worse they just made it worse yes we go back to the tequila party mm, the masterpiece this is the perfect build-up. I love how mom is using her position as the family lawyer to basically exposition into the mother. Like, oh, I have a very good source and yada yada. And the mother directly going to confront her son with Chloe hanging out in the background and just eavesdropping. Totally sneaky. And the son is so useless. It's brilliant how useless he is because he had all the incriminating information on his phone, which is like, dude, really? He's and dumb. Yeah. And then so the whole scene escalates and escalates and escalates. And then Chloe's caught and the scene is done. And I was like, damn. There's a saying. I'm pretty sure there's an equivalent to this in English. And it, it says, don't provoke a cobra with a bare foot. There is an equivalent. It's like... A, in a sense Don't of poke like, do- a bear with a stick. <laughs> there we go. I couldn't remember. <laughs> Is it the same thing? I think so. I've Pretty never much. heard the one with the cobra and the naked foot. That's a Czech saying. So it's like, don't provoke somebody when you're vulnerable. But this is exactly what they're doing because they poked Bianca with a stick. And Bianca is pissed and she is asking questions. And then the moment when she realizes that Chloe is there, she is extremely smart. You can't obviously run a business like that without being that smart, but she is a beautiful, fairly young woman and you would not expect her to be in a position where she can look around the room and immediately pick out the imposter. Mm. And this is exactly what she does. And the capability of her character is amazing. I love that. So we're gonna jump into the bar real quick. I'm sorry. I uh, So poking a bear with a stick is meaning that you should not provoke someone more powerful than you. Yes. And I think the Czech thing that you were thinking of was that the naked fo- foot implies that you are in a vulnerable position. So it's not completely the same meaning. It's not, but it's close enough to make my allegory work. And so. Supposedly, the motto of Hogwarts, Draco Domians Numquam Titilandos, means never tickle a sleeping dragon. Oh, I think they say it in the books. I don't remember, but there we go. Draco Domians Numquam Titilandos. I thought most of the Hogwarts Latin was made up Latin and not actual Latin. No, 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 no. Actually, actually, a lot of uh, the spells and everything are based on yep. no they're inspired by they're inspired by latin not actual latin like they use latin words and then they twist them a bit yeah to okay yeah yeah 
Yeah. So I'm surprised that the motto uses accurate. uh, I did Google the original Czech saying, and it claims that the English translation to that is to cruising for a bruising, which I have never heard in my life. Oh, cruising for a bruising is like um, the 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 German equivalent noch so spruch Kieferbruch because it rhymes. So when you like say this another time, I'm gonna break your jaw. So cruising for a bruising and noch so spruch Kieferbruch we have in German as well. Yep. But so yeah, that's essentially apparently what I was trying to say means that you're like daring somebody, you're provoking somebody. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it's just... Uh, never mind. Uh, it, the Czech idioms are not translatable, I found, very often. So we can <laughs> let that one go, please. But yeah, we can we can pop over to the bar very, very briefly to see Daniel telling Ames all about improv. And, which I find funny, because this is not just for Ames' sake this meeting because this is so Dan can probe Ames about Charlotte slash mom to figure out what the hell is going on there which makes absolute sense because Dan doesn't want to get in the middle of something with Lucifer and him in a deal nobody wants that he is smart enough to know that just to figure out what it is that the relationship between all of them is smart move Dan appreciate you we go back to the tequila party for the final time and I was literally laughing out loud with Chloe. She is so amazing. I did not expect it. Holy shit. She remembered the lyrics. Props to her, right? That was so impressive. And I did not see it coming. And I totally believe it that she can do this. And she was utterly convincing. And also Lauren German kills this scene. It's so so good. I was laughing loudly in front of my PC. And it was pure perfection. Even mom agrees. She gives her the look at the end. It's like, "Mm, point taken. Well done. Well done. She impresses everyone. It's amazing. What comes next is also another one of my highlights of this episode. And it's Maze and Lucifer outside of the building where the ethics dude was inside, I assume. And Lucifer is so oblivious that it's quite painful. Mm -hmm. And it just gets more and more painful, but also more and more beautiful. Because Maze knows exactly how to push his buttons. I had actually, my first note on this scene is, those benches are gonna get smashed. Because the way they start framing the entire scene at the beginning, that they get the little benches into it. And literally the first cut after they start throwing punches, is them standing in the middle of a ruined square fold of benches. They're so fucked up. I feel like this is the worst we've seen either of them after a skirmish. They know each other's fighting techniques. Obviously, it's gonna be a very even fight because they know what they do. I feel like so far when they fought, usually at least one of them held back. And I feel like this time they didn't and this is why it escalates a bit more what i did not understand is how did no one call the cops literally my question as well like that must have been a while for them to get into that condition it must have taken a while and it must have been loud when you break stone benches it is loud as fuck yep I agree. I had the same question. I did call the benches getting smashed, so I was very proud of myself. But the whole build-up, that scene where Maze provokes him, essentially, by just throwing one punch after another. And then at one stage, Lucifer just stops her fist or the punch and something changes. And it is, yes, he is completely manipulative. And yes, Maze has every right to call him out on being his parents' son. Because this is exactly what they did to him, which he hated so much. So it feels right. This whole fight feels Correct. It still gets worse because once they are done with the fighting, 
she says, you were gonna leave me. And he says, I would never do that. Which I think two or three episodes ago, he told Linda that he loves Mace. Like, love my, I love my crazy demon or something, he says. But it doesn't change the fact that he still used her because he doesn't trust her not to fuck it up. Because he said so before in therapy with Linda and he will so he will say so again in the next next scene and so this is very painful emotionally and I'm not a happy person but before we go to Linda's to sort this out we are once more at the precinct and I only have a single note because I'm disappointed in Ella you do not need a month to type in 10,000 combinations of a four-digit combination. You don't. It doesn't take that long. 10,000 combinations is not much. I do not have the technical know-how, nor have I ever tried that. So I will trust you on this. Just time yourself how many combinations you can type in one minute on your phone and then see how how many times you have to multiply that to get to 10,000. And you will see it's not a month. They should do it in stages so it wouldn't be just one person doing that. And they should like print out a list of the combinations and yeah. then take up over with each other to make this as quick as possible. I agree with that. Even yeah. for one person, it wouldn't be a month. So I was like, girl, really? And that's all I have for that scene. <laughs> yep, this scene just moves us along in the plots, just giving us a little bit more exposition. And it is necessary to the story, but it is not necessary for us to talk about it any longer, I don't think. So... Especially with what is coming up right now. Because now we are at Linda's. And it's the non-therapy therapy. This scene. It's just Linda's first sentence being, did you kill him? When she looks at them, because they're completely bloody and messed up, is just perfection. And when they start talking and she goes, I don't have to lead you. I'm not a therapist. I can just tell you. It's just like, finally, she does not have to be patient. She can just spell it the fuck out and it must be i feel like it must be very satisfying for her <laughs> to not lead the blind and then have him come to the wrong conclusion but to just spell it the fuck out on one hand yes but since this is coming directly after yes. them telling her the informations that they leaked to the guy and her just looking at them and like she takes it really well she just looks at them and says well that's that there's nothing else to be done so i loved that she approaches it and she's there for her friends because at this stage yes they are no longer patient and doctor or therapist Mm. they are friends and they've been friends for a while but it's always patient first and then friend Especially with Lucifer. She has always separated that because she deliberately did not become Maze's therapist. Yes. So now they are only on the friend level and she handles the situations amazingly. And what do we get to watch now? The way Maze gets from being extremely pissed off to being extremely hurt. Leslie Ann kills this entire scene without saying a single fucking word. Unreal. It's so good. So even when she's not in focus, you get the emotion off of her. Like even when she isn't sharp in in the camera lens. So that scene acting wise is just like, damn. Thank you for giving Leslie Ann some range that she can show what she can do. Mm -hmm. But also fuck you for hurting us because this scene is extremely painful. Yes. And at the very end, when they're leaving and Mace is standing in the door and she's looking at Linda and she promises to fix the situation, it's just... This is Lucifer's mess, but Mace cares more for Linda than Lucifer does because Lucifer is way too preoccupied with the whole heaven sword mom thing. And so Mace is literally picking up the slack Mm -hmm. because she cares for Linda. And this is just very, very painful. Yeah. I want more. It took Lucifer way too long to realize that Mace is in pain. I'm glad that he got there finally, but it took too long for my liking. I still don't feel like he really cares. I think he does, but they just don't have that type of a relationship. He doesn't anyway. I feel like it's not relevant enough in his current situation. His Priorities are very, very different. Yeah, right now, yes. Even though now he realizes what it means for her, it is not high enough on his priority list. Just like she is not. And another thing that 
has been touched upon and mentioned this episode by us is that the fact that Lucifer changed and Eminidil changed and Mum has developed certainly since she got to Earth. Why wouldn't Mace done mm. some of her own growing as well? So he should have realized, yes, I agree with him, he should have realized. Yeah. And I hope that from now on he will take it into account. So I hope he will start caring at some point. So lots of hopes and expectations expectations for season three because <laughs> I kind of don't think that this is gonna get resolved in the finale because the finale is gonna be the sword 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 because now we have the full sword after this episode so yeah. Mace and Lucifer's relationship is something that I'm hoping season three will give us more satisfaction than we have yeah. right now so now we after we watched Linda packing up the her office which is extremely heartbreaking we get a very very short scene where where Bianca walks into mom's office. And she's so good. Like, seriously, Bianca kills. Offers her a deal that she cannot refuse. Well played, Bianca. Well fucking played. I did not expect the one-off episode baddie to be that good. And I'm here for it. Also, damn, mothers are fierce. Also, I love that she's a woman. <laughs> because suck it, boys. A powerful woman. Women in power who are smart enough to get into power and hold their power are the scariest shit ever. We then go back to the lab at the precinct and Ella has scaringly accurate insight into mom with the, oh, others say, look at her dead eyes, but I see a light. And I'm like, Ella. That made me lol. That made me actually laugh out loud. You know which part made me laugh? When mom looked down and, and said, did my bandage get undone? No. <laughs> When Ella looks at mom and goes, if you hurt then again, I'll have someone break your legs. It's actually a gif. It's wonderful because with the bits of backstory that we have of Ella, I believe her. This whole scene, the beginning especially, I hate when they're trying to play Ella in a sense of when characters are trying to play games on Ella. Mm. Because yes, she seems like this naive Ditzy. And she is so much more than that. And I love when she proves them wrong. You know, yes, she has a different view on the world, but that doesn't mean that she's stupid. Au contraire, it actually means that she is extremely smart and chooses to view the world in a different way as opposed to us. Her naivete is a choice opposed to oblivion. Yes. So that is a very nice mix because this is what one of my worries at the beginning when Ella is introduced was that her naivete and her faith were gonna be crutches. Mm -hmm. But the way they are using her chosen naivete and positive outlook and everything is really good. Ella receives a call from her brother... Which da, da, is da. a nice callback from the episode when Chloe was poisoned. Because that's mm -hmm. when we met her brother. Well, we met one of her brothers. I believe that she has mentioned. I'm just gonna assume it's the same one because we already met only the one. So I really like that with the, yeah, Ella has a brother and he's a criminal. <laughs> and she just threatened Charlotte that her legs were gonna be broken. So I was like, yeah. And then, of course, it's like, oh, no, she's stepping away now, Charlotte. Charlotte is gonna take the phone. No, no, no. Here comes Chloe. Well, not just that she's gonna take the phone, but that Ella offers her the phone, the phone, that she asks her specifically to watch the phone. To watch the phone. Which, in fairness, if she would have had taken it now, it would have been very easy to figure out who did it and what happened. And mom would probably get into trouble because of that. This is actually lucky for not only us and Chloe and our storyline that we're following that Chloe showed up and caught her but lucky for mom as well in fairness because this would have had turned out to be way bigger of an issue if she would have actually taken the phone and just walked out absolutely we move on to the penthouse the only recognizable song that I caught in this scene is oops I did it again by Britney Spears which is wonderful. And the fact that Lucifer plays that when he sees Chloe walking into the penthouse. I wonder why. She is already confronting him and he done fucked up. And he goes back to it as well. Mm -hmm. So that was really, really well done. 
and also your father's ex. Yeah, that's not wrong. There are no lies detected in the scene except for the part where she is only a stepmom. Other than that, we get also the title drop in here. And then Chloe goes like, yeah, blah, blah, stepmom, blah, blah. And then Lucifer goes, it sounds plausible, which it does, but it's still not true. So we are towing the line here. That is true. Yet he is not lying. But yeah, I agree with you. This is a very, very thin line we're walking here right now. So, Lucifer is on thin ice. I don't think he would ever lie to Chloe. Not at this stage anyway. Even he if doesn't it, lie in general. So yeah, even not, if not it wouldn't have been his trait. Then we find out that actually not the full truth was shared with the whole situation in which mom actually is in towards Bianca and the reason why she's doing what she's doing. But Lucifer mentions this whole little detail. She will do anything for her children which is true yep and nobody actually knows which children they're talking about except for us and the celestials obviously so well so far everyone just assumes it's lucifer and amanadiel which is true enough yeah i mean she also has her own children as a charlotte we move on to the sting operation so good. Which was very, very well done. I love the van with Lucifer and Chloe in there. Uh, she's not talking about me. That one was me. So it was a lot of fun parts in it. And I really enjoyed how Lucifer and mom played Chloe. Because that sleight of hand was very well done with the key. Yes, that it was. I kind of do like mom and Chloe dynamic though, I have to say. Yeah, absolutely. We have the key, and where there's a key, there must be a lock. Supernatural reference, French mistake. Whoever gets it, gets it. We don't need to tell them. <laughs> but we find the lock, and in the lock, there is a book. And when we have a book... You need to read it, but read is not speak. And Lucifer only speaks every language, he doesn't read every language. But thankfully, Amanadiel is a fucking... I don't know what the English word scholar. is. Scholar. So he did put in the time and he actually learned to read all the languages. So it's only gonna tell him a few days, which of course is not quick enough for mom. Mom is not telling her sons why she is so quick to anger, why she is such a hurry and everything. To close out this scene, we get a fucking period joke. It's, it's bad. That, it's that time of eternity or something. Millennia. That time of the millennia. And all I have to say is thank you, Amanadiel, for giving Lucifer exactly the same look that I had on my face. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's all I have on this scene. Yep. Because screw you. <laughs> yep. I actually have one more thing about this. And that is just plainly, what if Ames read out the Sumerian text and Lucy translated the hurt word? That would be way too smart. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, thank you, Eminadiel. You have just risen in my appreciation for hating on that period joke because that is not good. And I love that the show is self-conscious about that. Yes, self-aware, definitely. Self-aware, yeah. So we go back to the weird building where the ethics dude had his office. Is Maze about to kill him or fuck him? I have no fucking clue. I feel like both is an option. Definitely. And both would make sense. Like, if he's dead and she takes all his notes, then probably the problems for Linda at least are postponed. If she fucks him, then he's also going to be compromised on a moral ground. And yes. then maybe he will not have the same base to claim that Linda has been compromised. Now we go back for a final time to the precinct. Mm -hmm. And Chloe and Dan are sitting at her table. And this episode made me laugh so much. Because A, I really, really like that Chloe and Dan can talk like two grown-ups about dating and stuff like that. This is not the first time, but I like that this also goes the other way. And I feel like it's done in a sensitive way that Chloe worries for him, but she's not interfering. But she drops the fucking bomb when she says, if you ever get married, you kind of be like Lucifer's dad. Mm -hmm. And that was just wonderful. Yeah, but also that being said, Dan calling Chloe's and Charlotte's team up being the most awkward thing in history is pretty amazing thing about this scene as well. So I love that they are now back to the friendship that we have had hints on. Yeah. On a level that 
they are there for each other, they care for each other, and yet they are not in love with each other. So thank you. They talk shit with each other and they make fun and everything, yes. but they're still reliable. And so this is the kind of dynamic that we wanted to have. And I'm really, really glad that those hints of, oh, Dan is still in love with Chloe, did not come to fruition because that would be horrible. Mm-hmm. It would be very annoying. Penultimate scene. Yes. At mom's office. Talking about mom being naive. Yeah. Full circle. Full circle. I'm telling you, I think that when she has her own agenda, she is blind to everything else that is happening around her. So maybe she's not naive, but too single-minded. Maybe she just doesn't have the imagination to see the creativity of human mind. I can live with that much better than with basic naivete. Yeah. Because she is extremely focused and single-minded in her pursuit. So I, I can live with that. I'm glad we found a solution that works for me. Yay! To Yay. quote one of my favorite people, we're scientists! No, we're not. You don't listen to Wayward Podcast. Never mind. Chat showed up there and I did not expect what was happening. Neither. I, I did not expect him to draw a knife. I did not expect him to stab mom. And I did not expect her to fry the dude. My note is literally all in cups. Holy shit, she just fried his head with her soul. There's a very nice note. I just have, now he's a crisp. <laughs> yes. Let's put it together. And with this, a last song of the episode starts to play. Unfortunately now, this is a song that is YouTube exclusive, which breaks my fucking heart because it's called Cruel Intentions and it is by Valerie Broussard, which may sound familiar to you because it is a repeat artist. She has actually performed one of my favorite songs of season one called A Little Wicked, mm. which luckily was on Spotify. And that plays in uh, season one, episode five, Sweet Kicks. Horrible episode. Great but song. it's great scene. It's the scene in the coffee shop where Mace meets with Emmanuel to betray Lucifer. Their hopes and dreams. And yes. Oh, yeah, that was such a good scene. It's a great scene. Nice. Not the best episode, but amazing scene with an amazing music. So, Valerie Broussard, go. Very, girl. very well done. Great return artist, sadly, just on YouTube. So, for the last scene, I really like how they set it up with Amenadia getting more and more enraged. And, like, he translates it, he gets up, he starts getting angry with Lucifer. Like, oh, it's always you, it's always you, it's always you. Lucifer, being so used to Amenadia being pissed at him, does not get distracted by him being angry. And so, of course, instantly notices that the necklace is doing doing something weird. The fucking ugly necklace that Aminadil has been wearing since episode one. Also, can you please explain to me how is Aminadil in his weird, twisted, jealous mind imagining a ring being a key to bind together a belt buckle and a dagger? He's not thinking rationally. Yeah, melted mind. So we have all three pieces and since the final piece was given to the favorite son and Emmanuel received this necklace apparently from dad, that means he is daddy's favorite son. Lucifer obviously is mommy's favorite son. So maybe the two of them can finally bury the hatchet because they're both at least one parent's favorite kid. Fuck everyone else. I mean, Lucifer is not really fighting for that, but yes. <laughs> so it's like, okay, dad didn't love you, but he loves me and mom loves you. So just please can the two of you get over it and move on. So we did not see the final sword. Emmanuel did not take off his necklace and finished it. So I'm worried that there's gonna be more trouble. So I'm like, okay, guys, please give me in the first 30 seconds of the next episode the completion of the sword. We'll see. I am very worried for Linda at this stage and I'm curious how or rather if Mace is gonna sort this out. I truly hurt for Mace and the relationship between her and Lucifer since he seems to neither trust her nor hold her in particular high regard when it comes to her capabilities. I honestly like the growing bromance between Dan and Amenadiel and I want more of this. This is one of the things I want to see more in season three. I am pleasant 
pleasantly surprised that we seem to have utterly abandoned the romance plot between Lucifer and Chloe at this point. I'm pretty sure it's gonna return at some point, but it hasn't been around for a while now. Well, I mean, Lucifer made sure of that. Yeah, but there has been no hints, no pining, nor anything. So I'm pleasantly surprised. And with only one episode left, we got a full sword now in Fury, but we also got a stabbed mom, unless she can rub herself up with duct tape. <laughs> um, and also we have a dead crispy body in her office. So the finale is gonna be interesting, I would expect. And I can't wait. And I'm very happy that we record in just a few days. That's it. I'm gonna mention the whole stability thing that happened because we did have a conversation about that in our Discord very briefly with one of our patrons just today. So shout out to Athene. As much as I did enjoy this episode, Lucifer did feel like a secondary character. So it felt like it way more revolved around Mum. This being the second last episode of a season, I would expect there to be a massive cliffhanger. Which, when you think about it, we kind of got. Because we don't really know what's gonna happen to Mum. Because we leave her stabbed, shining, and possibly about to explode or something. We have honestly no idea what's happening. Since a band-aid is holding close the rift in her wrist. Hence my expectation that maybe duct tape is gonna be enough for a bigger wound. Well, that may be correct. However, we don't know how that thing on her wrist occurred. What are the chances that that has happened naturally? And therefore, if a wound that is unnatural and more aggressive and bigger occurs, what are the chances of a wound that has been inflicted on her with a knife would be way more disruptive? and maybe even spread more or something. So I think that with this happening in this episode, it shortens our timeline even more with her. So if she's not gonna die now, it will definitely bring us into the conclusion and the climax of this season being about what's gonna happen to Bum, which is something I'm extremely excited, but because they put this scene as a penultimate and not as a last, it did not feel as that big of a cliffhanger as we had in the previous season or a few times in other episodes before. So that was a kind of a weird thing for me. It was just very muddied, the ending. Then we have the whole Maze and Linda situation, and as you mentioned, the whole situation with Emily deal and done and I wonder what Ames and Lucy are gonna do when they reassemble the sword. What is gonna be the first thing? Are they gonna come up to mom? Are they gonna try to figure out what is happening to her before they give her the sword? There is a lot of unknown right now and that makes me excited to watch the finale. So it's a lot of curiosity on my part but it does not put me on the edge of my seat really. Rather. Very good episode but these little things I would like to be more hype at this stage personally. I think one of the reasons why we're not as hype is like you said that it's not as cliffhangery as we are used to but also so many of these things have been stretching on for episodes and episodes like the assembling of the sword has taken several episodes and we have known for a while that mom is leaking and yada yada so <laughs> yes I love that. I think like this is one of the reasons. Yeah. But that being said, thank you everyone for listening. And if you do want to keep in touch with us, you can do so via all of our various social media. Just type in the Apple of Truth and you can follow us. You can send us your questions, feedback, anything you want there. Or you can email us to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. Unfortunately, when this comes out, we have already recorded our summoning episode for season two. So you're too late for feedback for season two, but there's always more seasons. We will love to hear from you anyway. And if you want to get on the podcast or get your email on the podcast, you can still send it and we might read it at summoning episode number three. Or if it's really, really brilliant we might just squeeze it into one of the normal episodes. Who knows? Season three, new rules. 
Also, if you want to get involved on a more direct and personal level, there is this wonderful thing called Patreon, where you can pay us tiny amounts of money per month to support us and you get benefits for it. And so if you want to check that out, you go to patreon.com slash podcast. You have to go directly to that page. You cannot search for us because we are marked explicit. As you might have noticed, we curse a lot. If you don't want to do that, no hard feelings. Other ways you can really, really help us is giving us reviews on iTunes. Because the iTunes algorithm says the more ratings you have, the more reviews you have, the better those are, obviously. The higher you show up in lists and search results and everything. So if you have an iTunes account, please, please, please do take the time and write us a wonderful, lovingly review. We highly appreciate that. And if you also don't want to do that, also no hard feelings. But you know what you still can do? You can pester all your friends that they also should listen to us. Because then you have someone to talk to about what you listened to us talk about. Yay! And with that, we say bye! bye.